Last week, Pastor asked me to step in for Pastor Morales when his um, daughter, Judy, were getting closer. And so normally I don't look at my phone when I'm at work. I have two phones. One is a work phone and one is my personal phone. And last week I looked at it and I tested Pastor Morales, is the baby here yet? And he said, no, the baby isn't here yet. So I was happy. <laughs> so this week, I didn't look at my phone. Normally I don't look at my personal phone at work. I'm busy running around. So um, today, for some reason, like the Holy Spirit said, check your phone. I was like, oh, no. And I look at my phone, and I saw the Brother Joe has tested me, and and says, Masia also, and then Brother Morales. I say, oh, no, I guess I'm on. And so here I am tonight. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you tonight about, Brother Joe, did you get my text? Thank you. One of the things I want to talk to you about tonight before we get into that is I love the History Channel. I don't love it for a lot of stuff, but I love the History Channel. And they show a lot of great things and great things that people had done here and around the world, especially Americans. And you marvel. Look at all these greatness. And then... um. One of the things we also do is our vacation. We usually go not too far. We go to Newport, Rhode Island. I don't do mansions anymore. We've been going there for the last almost 20 years. We go there every year for a week. And the first time we went there with the kids when we were growing up, we did the mansions and we like look at all these mansions and you like marvel and you're going. How did this happen? How did they build these things? And then you think about great things like the pyramid in Egypt. How did they build these things? And you wonder. Well, my friend, above all of those things, nothing is great as our God. Because without God, those things, they, they won't build those mansions in Newport. The History Channel won't show those great men the Ford and those people, the Carnegie and those people that built, did a great things in America. And we show them, right? And so tonight, let us look at, let's turn our Bible to Psalms 8 and look at the greatness of God and what David said in that psalm. For some reason, when you're up here, it's hard to find your scripture. I give credit to pastor and other people. They make it look so easy, but it's not. And so most time I put a bookmark on the verses that I'm going to be doing. <coughs> Psalms 8. O Lord, our Lord, our great... I've started over. O Lord, our Lord, our excellent... Is thy name in all the earth? Who has set thy glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and suckling 
as thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moons, the stars, which thou hast obtained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And a son of man that thou visiteth with him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou mayest him to have dominion over the work of the hand of thy hand of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all the sheep, oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, and the fish of the sea. And whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Wow. David. Isn't that what is man? How excellent is thy name. The psalmist theme is the greatness of God. And the place of man within God's universe. What is our place? Why are we here? Then God just put us here for us to be here. Then we have some fun. Then we die and that's it. I don't think so. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. We have set thy glory above the heavens. Verse 1 tell us. This begins with the celebration of the surpassing majesties of God and the men and women within the cosmic framework. And that's what God is showing us. If you have your Bible tonight, let's use our Bible. Let's turn to Exodus 15 11. Exodus 15 11. Exodus 15, 11. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, amongst the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in a holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy hand, and the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy have led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guarded them in thy strength. Under the holy habitation. My friend, our God is great. How excellent is thy name. And like I said, this is a celebration surpassing the majesties of God. One of the things I, when I have the opportunity, whenever I fly, I like a window seat. And when you're up there, you see just a little bit of God's glory. And I always like to take a picture, just a reminder. And <clears throat> how great it will be for you and I. The um, space station is about 250 something miles above the earth. You're floating out there. Wouldn't that be wonderful just to see? And it's not even near God. 
being 254 miles above the earth. That is not even near God. And I was thinking that in my finite mind, let's say I was driving from here, 254 miles would probably put me somewhere in, um, if I took 95, somewhere in Maryland, around just before you get to Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. And you took that, and you turn it like this, and you lift it up. And that's how far you'll be from the ground, right? And that's still not near God. It's still not. The people that have the opportunity to, to go into space, how can you deny God that there isn't a God? When you're outside of this earth, you see that ball out there hanging in space that God made. How excellent is thy name. How excellent is thy name, my friend. Our responsibility as human beings is to praise God, of course. Which is what David does. He begins the psalm with two great names for God. Jehovah. And we heard of Jehovah. Yahweh. Right? Adonah. Lord. Literally, it means Jehovah our Adonah. The almighty God. The all-powerful God. How excellent is thy name. You know, when Pastor was preaching on Sunday, and he, I loved the way he went with John 3.16, and he tore it apart, and, and I'm sitting there like, wow, God. You know, as he tore it apart, and piece by piece, phrase by phrase, and, and explained that, yes, our God is powerful. Who am I? What is he mindful of me and of you? When you look in a vast universe that he has made in comparison to other things, we're just about nothing, a speck. That's all we are. And he's mindful of us. As you know, in latter ages of, the, of Israel history, the Jewish people considered the name Jehovah to be so sacred that they would not even pronounce it. So when David read this verse, the pious Jews would say, O Adonah, our Adonah. That's all they could say, meaning Lord, our Lord. They couldn't pronounce it. That's all they could. And rightfully so, my friend, you and I, we get on our knees to pray for 10 or 15 minutes, and what happened? Our mind is floating all over. I'm sure if we were... If we were standing before, if they took you and you were standing before a man or a Queen Elizabeth or a woman and you're standing there and you'll be there going like this. And here you are before the most powerful God. Just for a fraction of a time. And our mind is all over the place. All over the place. And so now I catch myself, I'm having my devotion in the morning. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing, Jacob? What are you doing? 
we can't just think and focus just for a 10 minute, 20 minute, 30 minute, 40 minute, an hour. And you're all over the world trying to solve the world problem. Just coming to your mind, this you got to do. Before the most holy God, an excellent God, how excellent is thy name, the one that made you a speck, and still he's mindful of you. And we don't give him the time that he deserves. We don't give him that time. Jehovah is so majestic and his glory is so great that in a lighter above the heaven, this means as David's son Solomon. Let's turn there, Solomon. Let's turn to Second King, Second King 8.27. 2 King 8.27 And let's hear what Solomon said when he had built a temple that his father turned to build. Second King 8.27 I mean, nine. There you go. Second King eight twenty seven. First King, I'm sorry. First King. First King eight twenty seven. Sorry about that. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven. Sorry. Some of my eyes gave me a problem when I'm up there, the light reflection. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heaven cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built so here we see King Solomon, the heaven and heaven cannot contain God. That's how our God is, my friend. That's how God is. At that dedication of the temple, but will, in, will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house. Solomon saying, this house... If the heavens of heavens cannot continue, how about this house? It cannot contain you, my God. No way. No way. If God has his glory set above the heavens, it is certain that nothing under the heaven can provide him, can praise him adequately. Nothing. Not you and I. And that's why we doze off at times. That's why our mind runs that far off. When we're praying, when we're talking to him, even for serious matter, when we're asking him, that's what happened, my friend. That's why. Because he's so far above us. 
our finite mind cannot comprehend. We cannot. No way. We cannot. We cannot. And he goes to say in verse 2, if we turn again to, our, to um, Psalms 8, he goes to say in verse, Out of the mouth of babes and suckling has thou obtained strength because of thine enemy that thou mightest still the enemy and the adventure. Out of the mouth of babes and suckling has thou obtained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still have enemies and avenge and avenge. Yet we have the privilege of praising him. In fact, even infants and children can praise God as perverse too, right? Psalm it is quoted a number of times in the New Testament, as we will see tonight, on occasion by Jesus when he entered into Jerusalem in triumph on what we call Palm Sunday. Why in a temple healing people, the blind, the lame who came to him, the children have observed a triumph entry and continue to praise and cry. And when the chief priest and the scribes saw this wonderful thing that he did, my friend, that all these children were crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. The scribe and the Pharisee were so displeased. They didn't like that. But the kids were doing the right thing. Like that verse says. Like that verse said. Out of the mouth of babes and suckling has died ordained strength because of thine enemy. They were displeased. They were very, very displeased. And said unto him, Hearest thou what these says? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, I have never read out of the mouth of babes and suckling that thou hast perfected praise. And we find that in Matthew 21. Let's turn to Matthew 21, 15, please. Matthew 21, 15. Matthew 21. And when a chief priest and a scribe saw the wonderful thing that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were so displeased. And said unto him, Hearest thou what these, what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and suckling that thou hast perfected praise? They were praising him, my friend. They were praising him. You know the good old saying that kids would tell you they don't hide things. They don't, they don't know better. They would say things like they see it. As for all, we try to polish it and we try to do all these things. I, I can remember when my kids were growing up, I know Joe, we had him, and somebody had given us a, a gift for Christmas, and we didn't like it, we didn't want it. How you call it? We re-gifted it. And so we gave it to the person. They were at the house. And he said, he just came out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He came up and told him, 
Isn't that a gift that was given to you by someone else? He's, in those words, he said it. Oh, man, how embarrassing that was. And that's how kids are. That's how they are. They say it like it is. The kids are praising God. Yeah, he came up. It, it was embarrassing. But <laughs> thank God it was not a bad gift. We just didn't want it. Yep. So these kids were praising God, my friend. Giving God the glory. For by identifying the praise of the children of Jerusalem with Psalm 8, Jesus did not only validate their words, showing them to be proper, but he was indeed the son of David, the Messiah. And that's why the kids were praising him, my friend. That's why. Jesus also placed a scribe and a teacher who resisted his claim to be the unique son of God in the category of the fall and adventure, thereby identifying them as God's enemy. That verse says, isn't that amazing? Here David in the Old Testament by the sign. And that's why the Bible, I know people try to tell us that the Bible, that the Old Testament doesn't agree with the New Testament. There's issue, there's mistake. No, my friend. You and I know the script, there's no mistake. Especially the one, the King James Bible. There's no mistake with God. There's no mistake with God. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars in which thou hast obtained, in verse 3 we see. When we look at a vast expense of creation, we wonder how God could have concerned concern for mankind. Constantly, constantly disappoint him. My own life, when I look at it at times, for all that God has done for me, for my family, and I see it and I disappoint him over and over and over. And it is it, so, why, God, you care for me? Why? A loser like me, why you do it? Why? Man is insignificant in a vast framework of creation, my friend. We're insignificant. We are. David thinks of the glory of God exceeding the greatness of creation and does think of creation as he is struck with how small man is by comparison. David may have experienced a universe as lying in a, in a field at night, taking care of the family sheep, staring at the sky. And I, I experienced just a little fraction of that. I remember 90, 1994, I had to make a, we had war in Liberia, where I'm from, and my mother was still alive then, and we, had, we didn't hear from her anything. So December 1994, I packed my clothes, I packed my bag. I said, I got to go look for my mother, and I flew. And here, after many, many years of war, there was not a single light in the whole capital city of Morovia. Only those few that could afford it, you could hear. But you could look miles and miles away that your eyes could reach, and nothing but the star of the heavens. 
and the beauty of it. God helps. And the beauty. And that's why when, when it's saying David had experienced it when he out there in the field with his, his sheep as he was a shepherd boy laying there and he looked. What is man, God, that you are mindful of him? What is man that you are mindful of him? Wow. How small we are in this vast cosmic setting. How astonishing that the God of this vast universe, the God who made it and ordered it, should think of us and care for us. I mean, if nothing else, my friend, you and I are here tonight because of him. Not we ourselves. Not anything we've done. I don't care the best Christian you can think about. It's no good. He's come short of the glory of God. He has. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou mayest him to have dominion over all the works of thy hand. Wow. Everything he made, he gave us. To have dominion over everything, my friend. That has put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea. Whatsoever passeth through the paths of seas. According to Psalm 4, verses 4 to 8. God gave us control, my friend. Not only does God think of us and care for us, he also crowned us with glory and honor. This means that he has given human beings mere speck of spot in this vast universe as a significant honor above everything else he has created. He has placed us in charge. It's, it, it's, it's amazing, you know, it's amazing for us or for me Maybe you comprehend it better than I do. But when I lay there and I think of myself, you know, I was born in a third world country. And I'm like, God, why do you spend my life? There are thousands of millions of people die there every day. Why me? Why me? Why me? You know, you wonder. You wonder. You wonder. David makes this point in two ways. He uses the word glory, which he first used of God in verse 1. Who has set that glory above the heavens, as we can see them in verse 1. Above the heavens. In verse 5, speaking of man, in a vast crown, him with glory and honor. This is an effective way of identifying man with God and of, and of saying. You remember when Pastor read on Sunday when he went back to Genesis and he said, if I can quote him correctly, I, well, I'll paraphrase it. Genesis 1 1, right? In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. In the beginning. As he said on Sunday, in the beginning, 
And my friend, God started to create these things with us in mind. We are not mistakes. We are not. We are not. David emphasized man's special significance by speaking of his role as ruler over the world and his creature. Ruler is something normally ascribed to God. He is potentic, which in his time he shall show forth his blessed and only potentic, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, as First Timothy 6.15 tells us. The fact that human beings have been made in God's image and are to become increasingly like God is even clearer, my friend, as we will see in Hebrew chapter 2. The sad thing is, although, although made in God's image and ordained to become increasingly like God, to whom we look, men have turned their back on God. We have turned our back on God. And since we cannot look forward to God, which is our privilege and duty, we tend to look down to the beast. We tend to look down. And that's why we turn our back. And in this world, you, we, we got billions of people that worship the beast. I know you'll say, I don't worship the beast. Well, my friend, you and I are like just as guilty. There's something we worship. We have turned our back on God for. There's something. If you examine your life, there's something you have turned your back on God for. What is the beast that you and I are looking down on today instead of looking up to him? We know they are kind of Nebuchadnezzar, right? Let's turn to Daniel 4. Daniel chapter 4. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. That man, Daniel. He's awesome. Well, of all persons, King, King Nebuchadnezzar. Chapter 4. Now look at verse 30. Verse 30. And the king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, verse 31, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, I wouldn't even call him king. To thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from man, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and I shall make thee to eat grass and oxen. Seven times shall pass over thee, and that I know that the most hard ruler in the kingdom of man, and give it to Whomsoever he will. Whomsoever he will. Is not, is not this, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by thy might of my power, my power, my might, my majesty. No, my friend, majesty belongs to him. Now you and I. Not you and I. It doesn't belong to us. 
he doesn't. It was a classic statement of what we today call secular humanism. You know, you and I know everybody trying to do something just to get away from God. That God is not in control. Describing creation as of man, by man, and for men. Glory. That's how creation is being described nowadays, my friend. And we saw that the word was still on his lips when a voice came from heaven saying, This day, on King Nebuchadnezzar, this day. It is insanity, my friend, to take the glory of God for oneself. And we see it all, all we see it even in our Christian realm. We see it. One of the amazing things, I won't call it, one of the amazing things, once, 2007, we had to make a trip. Some people, we went from here, it was a church trip. And one of the things that I saw, and Kevin Vicente was one of the members here, and he and I were together, we shared a room with Brother Allen. And we, while we were at our meeting, one of the things I saw and I noticed, as these people walk on stage, it was a mission conference, these people walk on stage, and before they could even give God the glory, the first thing they said, they praised that man. They were praising that man. And midway, and I kept being like, oh, thank you, Pastor so-and-so, for what you did for the opportunity gave us to go to Ghana to start a mission conference there. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for what you... Wow. Is he God? Is he God? And my friend, that man, he went down. He went down. We got to be careful. When we try to give glory to ourselves, we got to be careful when we think with all of that. When we think with all of that, it's God. The glory is for God, not ourselves, my friend. Our society has lost sight of God. It is no longer, it is no longer sees as man as a creature, man as a creature, but made that is made in God's image, whose chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever and ever. But no, all we want to do is eliminate God. And there were evolution coming to being. We see, oh, this thing started this way. No, it's no longer God. It was started this way. Because we don't want to give God the glory. We don't want to lift him up. We don't want to lift him up. We don't. But my friend, for those of us that want to lift him up, for those of us that know the truth of the word of God, what happened? What did God do? Even with all of that, while we were yet sinners, God commanded his love for you and I. Right? That's what he did. That's what he did. So what did God do? We know what he does because he has done it. 
God sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save us from our willful ignorance and rebellion and to fulfill Psalm 8, as we see there. O God, how excellent you are, my friend. That's how we ought to be saying. How excellent you are, the psalmist tells us in Psalm 8. trying to find my page back there. Something is flying here. Ah, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set for thy glory above the heavens. Who has set for thy glory above the heavens. And so he sent his only begotten son, so that we will fulfill that, we will look up to him, as we have not. If you have your Bible, let's turn to Hebrew 2. Hebrew chapter 2. Now look at verse 1. Therefore we ought to give more earnest heed to the, to the things which we, which we have heard, lest any time we should let them slip. For if, we, for if the word of spoken by angels, was steadfast in every transgression, and disobedient received is just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard, that heard, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonder, and with diverse miracles, and gifts of Holy Ghost, according to his own will. My friend, that's what he did for us. That's what he did for us. Let's turn to Philippians 2. Philippians chapter 2. Let's look at verses 8 through 11. And being found in a fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. My friend, that's what we ought to be doing. And like, I think it was Brother Yankowski brought it on Sunday in Sunday school. Whether we like it or not, but Nebuchadnezzar, one day, whether you like it or not, every knee will bow to him. Whether we like it or not, every knee will bow to him. What happened when we fix our thoughts on Jesus? What happened? What happened? Let's look at Hebrew chapter 2, verse 9. For 
But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than an angel for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by grace of God, should taste death for every man. For every man. That's what happened, my friend. When we fix our eyes on him, the one that came and saved us, the answer is obvious at this point. That we should be looking up by the grace of God. And the grace of God which has saved us and has redirected our affection. Now they begin to work once again, conforming us to his likeness. Conforming us to his likeness. Then we can truly read that Psalm 8 as David wrote it, my friend. As David wrote it. We can truly read that accordingly. And then Let me get back there. Then we, my friend, we can end this psalm by crying, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And David ends with that too. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is the name in all the earth. We have control, my friend. God gave us control of everything he made. But we still have to look up to the Creator. We are changing. We don't want to look up to the Creator. We think, the creature wants to be the creator, and it cannot be that humanistic thinking that is overtaking the world. That is us, not God. My friend, you and I as believers, we ought to get away from that. We don't get caught up in the trap. Look to God. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. How has thy glory above the heaven? But he made us, my friend. He's mindful of you and I. He's mindful. He knew what we were going to do when he first made us, when he put us in the garden. And still, he made a way for you and I. He sent his only begotten son. He sent him. My friend, tonight, there are so many things going on around us. Sometimes, even as believers, we forget God is still here with us. We, still, we forget that we have the Holy Spirit living within us. The comforter that Jesus sent. My friend, like I always say, this world is not our home. We try to make it our home. It's not our home. It's not. It's not. You can have the mansions. You can have this. My friend, one day you're going to leave it here. Let us continue to have that relationship with him. Get it. Don't even think about it. You know, people always say that. We all want to go to heaven, right? And so we got saved. 
But we don't want to die. We don't want the world to come to an end. We don't want Christ to return. Because we love this world. When we see signs and things happening right before our faces, we see things. We don't want to accept it. We still want to be in control. My friend, no. Let's stay in the book. Let's stay by his side. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. Let's focus on him. We cannot contain him. He's too great. I can never comprehend him. Let's stay with him. The world is going to come to an end one day, my friend. It could be now. It could be in that time. We see things happening right before our eyes. I know we're trying to control it. I don't care. And friendly speaking, there are more sin in the world that we commit in the sight of God. Sin is sin. I know abortion is wrong. It's killing an unborn child. But it's not the only sin. We can have all conservatives in the Supreme Court and everything. The world is going to come to an end. We got to realize that. We, we can't focus on those things. Because all we do is just going to fix our soul. If I went around this room and I killed everybody tonight, and if somebody came and stole a few pennies that we have in there, sin is sin in the sight of God. We must realize that, my friend, as believers. You know, let us go about the work of God. Let us win souls for the Lord. Let us give somebody our track. Let us do something that will require a reward in heaven. A reward in heaven. Not on earth. Not who the last Supreme Court justice was. Or who this person is. All those things, my friend. It's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Abortion is horrible. It's horrible. That unborn child. You don't know what that child is going to be. It's a precious child of God. God died for them. What is man that died a mind for of him? When a God created a child in the womb. Right? The precious soul for God. When you and I to take that life of that child. Who are we to do things that we do? Let it be mindful, my friend, tonight. Let it be mindful as we go out there and read this psalm. What is God? What is man that thou art mindful of him? And you can answer that question. He sent his only begotten son. With just a little speck. But he cared for us. And so I like to think about it. Like the nation of Israel. Like how he cared for them. God chose some people. That's how we are my friend. We should never forget that. What is man that died our mind for him? Because he loves us. Because he cared for us. So as we go tonight my friend. Let's look at our priority list. My friend, I don't know about you, but it's not many things I can change. But with this power, and I gave a piece of paper to someone, and that person accepted him. Oh, I'm so thankful that somebody took the time 
to tell me about him. That somebody care enough for my soul to keep it out of hell. That's the most important thing. What a man that I'm, that I'm mindful of him. My friend, let us be mindful. Let us know that God cares for us. And know that he sent his only begotten son. Let go out there and spread the gospel. That's what you leave. We leave behind. And you enjoy yourself when you get to heaven. And when we throw in and glorify the Father and throw in the crown at his feet and praising him. Because we're going to live him for a thousand years. I know some people say, oh, I prefer to be poor in heaven. But it's good too. I want to be rich in heaven too. So let's go out there, my friend. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you for the God that you are, Lord. I know I find myself at times getting caught up in things, Lord. My Father, this world is not my home. If you came tonight, Lord, I'm ready. So, Lord, I ask, please, Lord Jesus, for each and every family represented here tonight, Lord. You know our needs. You know our aches and pains. My Father, thank you for being mindful of us. Thank you. Thank you for all that you have done for each and every individual in here. We bless your holy name. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen.